Welcome in to 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. As always, I'm very excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you, even though we've got to talk about a couple of losses. The game I just watched was a very good baseball game. The game I'm going to start talking about was not, but that's okay because we all have fun with each other. Because what else can you do? <laughs> like, like, look, look, this is some uh, some rough baseball. It's been a rough stretch. It may continue to be a rough stretch. All we can do is take it day by day. But let's go through a couple of things here quickly before I give some wider observations. But not much to say about game one against San Diego, as you might have guessed. An 0909. It's one of those, <laughs> we got time, this is a bad game. It's one of those uh, sort of colloquialisms of different parts of the country to say 09 as opposed to 09. And I've noticed that some people bump on that. I uh, don't have, you know, too many of those things, but I've noticed that. So I, I figure there are a few people out there I would acknowledge you probably think it's weird that I say 09, but that they scored zero runs and the other team scored nine. You get it. <laughs> it was that kind of ball game. Uh, really... Really, really, really not good pitching, though Chad Cool was probably due for a bleh game. Uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, first of all, it's unfortunate for me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I was just writing about, and hopefully those of you go and read it on milehighsports.com, uh, about the Colorado Rockies, who should be candidates for the All-Star game. Chad Cool was kind of borderline, honestly, for for legitimate consideration for the game, especially when you started to adjust for Coors Field and really take it in context, especially of the whole team and all of that. But then he has this game where he has a real clunker and he gives up the five runs. And while we've certainly seen much worse at other times throughout this season from Rockies pitching, uh, it just was, it was a bad game. It drops his ERA down to 370. Uh, which makes it much more difficult that he's going to have an opportunity to get into the All-Star game unless he manages to put together a couple of pretty fantastic outings heading into it and maybe some of the writers around the country catch on to him being kind of a fun story because he'd been basically a, a mediocre pitcher in Pittsburgh up to this point and now he now he's still sitting at like a 130 ERA plus so he's been well above the league average and when you adjust for Coors Field and even when you don't I think his raw ERA is still 17th best in in the bigs and they don't have quite that many starters go to the game but still that's very 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 solid so it is unfortunate that they started with a bad game from Cool, who's been their rock in the rotation all season long you were uh, kind of hoping that he would be able to get them to have a second time through of, of quality starts, right? Keep this train of quality starts going. And it snapped there. Very frustrating to see from him. And then Ty Block goes out, is very, very bad himself, gives up another four earned runs. That's the ball game. And uh, ended up having to go on the IL shortly thereafter. So bad news all the way around for tie block for our purposes for right now just kind of projecting the Rockies forward we don't really know what the situation is with him and and what you know the the deal will be in the bullpen so we'll have to catch up with that later but uh yeah as we've talked about many many times this you know none the Rockies have a formula for how they're supposed to win and the Rockies have established a very clear formula for how they get blown out and it is I guess it's the standard baseball formula for getting blown out but they're just set up for this to happen so regularly right when the starter struggles 
can't get through the fifth, can't give you a quality start, you're behind in the game, you've got to turn the ball over to the minus side bullpen guys, the Rockies bullpen has no depth, and they get even further blown out, and the game gets totally out of hand. Now, scoring zero runs on five hits, also not an ideal way to win a baseball game, so basically a full team effort in this 0-9 loss to the Padres to start things out. Uh, but there's a part of you that goes, okay, well, they just took the series in San Francisco. They can lay an egg in game one, but they got to come out and be competitive the rest of the series. And in game two, they were far more competitive. First game of a doubleheader, and I'm recording this between them. So if you're listening to it after game two, uh, apologies that I'm not 100% up to date, but I'll have my reaction to game two. And of course, the afternoon series wrap up after that happens. But they got back to what should be their formula for being able to win the baseball game, right? Senzatella, his second straight quality start. Give it to me. I know I'm going to start to sound like a broken record. I know a lot of people hate the statistic. I don't care. I'm going to drive it into the ground. When the Rockies can get a quality start, they can compete. Now, they didn't end up winning this baseball game, obviously. You're not going to win every one of them, but kept a minute. They were able to hand it over to the plus side guys. They were, you know, in the tie ball game, they sent it into extras, but we've seen a lot of these now, right? Where, especially with the California rule, the the team that has the better talent and or is playing better fundamentally sound baseball right now is going to win the game. And that's what's going on with the Rockies here. They had several of these against Atlanta, uh, and now they've got one here against San Diego, where it's just, you know, they go out the, the and, and Carlos Estevez almost worked his way out of it to extend the game after the Rockies couldn't plate the run in the top of the 10th. You got a 1-1 ball game. Rockies can't get the California runner in, but Estevez goes back out there. And again, I've, I've flipped him over. He's basically the, the guy right in the middle of the bullpen, right? If there's plus side guys, that's Colome Kinley Bard, the minus side guys, Block, Gilbreth, uh, Stevenson still hasn't quite worked his way to plus side, right? But Estevez has been right there in the middle. And he's been the guy that Buddy has gone to in this situation every single time. The 10th inning guy on first. And Estevez did the, the best possible thing that you can do in this situation, which is strike out the first batter. Then he did the next best thing that you can do, which is any kind of out for the second batter. Yeah, the runner advanced, but part of that's going to happen. You're one good pitch away from extending this into an 11th inning. They need a base hit, you tell yourself, right? They need a base hit in order to win the ball game now because there are two outs. But as it turned out, there is, of course, with the runner at third, one other possibility for the way i'm sorry to laugh look i just i just watched a a star trek episode about how sometimes the best you can do when things just go that bad is is laugh because this is now the second time where the rockies have been walked off on in extras and not because the other team hit a big home run or drove a ball into the gap or a nice piece of hitting that just got over the shortstop's head and you go well that's the ball game tip your cap walk off base hit good piece of hitting, all those baseball things that we love to say, right? But um, no, after doing the good, after doing so much good, after putting himself in the position to be a kind of hero of the game, despite all the struggles he'd had of late, Estevez dirts one. Wild pitch, Manny Machado runs home, ball game.
And after watching the one in San Francisco, which I totally forgot to mention when I was talking about the Atlanta ones a second ago. I'll say I did it for dramatic effect so I could leave it for this moment. We can all pretend that it was on purpose. <laughs> the Charlie Blackman error. This is brutal, right? These are these are awful losses. And it is what, you know, and it's still too early for me to do this. And I get why other analysts get excited about going on these you know, kind of things. And I was on uh, with Manny and Mark Knutson recently. And Mark was saying, you know, I basically think because of the way they're playing lately, season's over, at least in terms of, of making it to the postseason. I was and, you know, too early for me and all of that. But these are the exactly the types of losses that are costing them the season and are probably going to cost them the season. And they're the types of losses that I, to some degree, anticipated and not predicting them to make the postseason because like i said once you get into that postseason or a post extra inning game it's it's kind of a toss-up but it's also you know when you're a team that's not executing the fundamentals well and the other team can and twice now the giants and padres haven't even had to execute the fundamentals better they haven't even had to beat the rockies the rockies have beat themselves in two games on this california road trip and that's frustrating now, there are plenty of other opportunities here that the Rockies had to win the game. They, you know, only get one run on six hits. Now, to be fair, the, the Giants had similar numbers. You know, the Rockies go one for seven with runners in scoring position, hit into several very frustrating double plays. The, the worst thing about this one was the Rockies kept getting the leadoff man on. And, you know, I, I've seen out there a little bit and, and even some of my own community a bit, people being frustrated with me about giving the offense a pass. And it's not that I think this offense is a phenomenal, world-beating, you know, top-of-the-line offense. And they were always going to have their issues. Maybe the problem is this: the offense is way better than I ever thought they were going to be, quite frankly, especially without Chris Bryant in it. And while I can look at a game like today and say, man, swinging at the first pitch too often not taking great approaches in certain situations. You got to be able to plate more runs on six hits. Though, like I said, you know, you, to some degree, you tip your cap to the Giants pitching as they had to do for the Rockies pitching. And I promise you that the Padres and Giants and, and their fans are more frustrated that they're going into these extra inning games and, and can't put away not just a Rockies team that on paper they should be better than, but a Rockies team that has not been playing well lately and has never played well on the road in these ballparks. And now you've got these very competitive games that are one base hit earlier away from maybe going Colorado's way. So on the one hand, yeah, you can use losses like this as an opportunity to say, look, if you're going to lose games like this, you can't make the postseason. 100% accurate. But it's also true to say, damn, they're out there forcing extras uh, you know, in a game where Alex Wood had really great stuff, I can't, I think I've said this before on the show and I hate repeating it, but I cannot hit Alex Wood and MLB the show to save my life. There is something about that guy's funky, lefty, southpaw, sidewindy delivery that goes across his body that really messes me up. And uh, I'd have to double check it, actually. I think the Rockies have, have struggled against him uh, throughout their history as well. He pitched a fantastic game. Uh, he was met by Ryan Feltner, who really, really good to see. He also pitched a fantastic game. 
you could argue in an old school it's it's hard for me to do this anymore it's like you'd like to see a little more length and maybe see him go seven and it's like that's not that's hardly a thing anymore like you'd like to see that out of everybody but six innings only two hits yes one of them left the ball yard uh that, that's been a little bit of a thing for him so far but boy his velocity is up at 97 on the black sliders at 83 on the black ryan feltner's throwing really good stuff right now six strikeouts one walk uh, the home run, the only earned run that he gives up, one of only two hits he surrendered on the day. That's only three guys that he faced that he allowed to get on base. Really fantastic stuff from the rookie who continues to earn more looks, uh, a longer opportunity in the starting rotation, especially because, again, the Rockies need these. Even though they didn't end up getting the win in this one, they do get... Uh, it was very close. Like I said, they're one hit away in any number of innings. In fact, they were even a little bit of bad luck there in the fourth, fifth, fourth, fifth. Not important. <laughs> the the inning where Joe let off, it was the, if I can look it up. Uh, Connor Joe leads off right side, single over the second baseman's head. That's a leadoff hit. CJ Crone backs it up with a double to left, but it hops over the wall. Joe is going to score there. And I think at the time that would have tied the game uh it wasn't until later that the rockies got their other run off the brendan rogers double look at him still going and doing his thing but the rockies lost a run there because the ball hops over the wall you've got second and third one out contact play is on ball hit right at the third baseman Uh, connor joe is going home you know again i know that's one of those plays that a lot of people hate and i totally understand i tend to dislike the contact play, it, it seems like it goes against the Rockies a lot that the ball is always hit right at the guy. The philosophy there, the thinking is basically what happened there has to happen in order for the out to be made. Essentially, the ball has to be hit right at the guy and then the guy has to make a good throw home. More often than not, it's going to be hit at least a little bit to his left or his right. And then he's going to have to make maybe a more difficult throw And once the feet are kind of moving a little bit, especially early in the game, guys are typically told and trained, just go to first with it. Get the out, the force out, because the out at home is going to be much more difficult, right? In this particular instance, now it's difficult for Joe to see from his spot at third whether the ball is going to be a little bit to Machado's left or right. With the contact play being on, that just means the second he saw the ball was on the ground, he was off. Because there's no way for him to wait and see. Like, I saw some people saying on Twitter, like, doesn't Joe need to make a better read there? There's not really a way for him to accurately read where that ball is going to go when it's hit to the guy who's basically standing right behind him, right? By the time he's seeing if Machado's going to field that ball cleanly, if Machado had had to take two steps to his left, well, now Joe's just standing there and there's no way he can get home anyway. And Machado's still going to make the out at first base. Now, if he's off on contact and Machado has to take a couple of steps, he's going to score. So you're you're running a risk there. That is the risk you run. And of course, it, it didn't work out for the Rockies. So two things are that are a little bit of bad luck bite him in the ass there. The contact play and the ground rule double. Uh, and then, like I talked about, generally throughout the rest of the game, just unable to come up with a big hit in the big spot but at least you're in it at least you played a good baseball game against a good team in their ballpark and you were one key hit away from winning the ball game you do that often enough you can save your season these nine nothing losses and 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 these walk-offs on not even hits 
the the wild pitches and the errors that'll ruin it that that'll that'll undercut all of it 100% of the way and so far it has that's why the rockies are sitting comfortably under 500 there's plenty of season left uh, we saw more good pitching in this one out of Colome and Bard. We actually saw some pretty great stuff out of Gilbreth. Uh, again, a step as as far as the stuff, except for when he's making the key mistake, has been better. But the key mistake has been an absolute killer. Uh, but Robert Stevenson, I think, has looked a little bit tighter as of late. And again, in individual games, can I blame the offense on the whole for not having a great approach? And for not being able to bring it, you know, now you've got one run in two games back-to-back in San Diego. And, of course, they weren't exactly a scoring machine in San Francisco either, but they're never going to be. This is never going to be because of the hangover effect and the budget limitations and all of the other things. They're never going to be a team that can go to California and rake. That's why it's so important that they pitch well. And it's why it's so important that they don't make the big, dumb mistakes. And the big, dumb mistakes are what's getting them right now. And that's why it's so frustrating, right? Because they didn't need three or four big hits to to win this second game in San Diego. They needed one. And that's where you do start to wonder a little bit if a guy like Chris Bryant can make a difference. Chris Bryant can't make a difference in the 9-0 loss because he can't pitch. (laughs) They got to stop doing that. But these ones, a little bit, yeah. But I, I don't. I do not hold the offense... You know, they, they've had they've held up their end of the bargain. And more so, I would say. And as much as I would rather watch a 2-1 game over a, a 13-7 game any day of the week, especially from a philosophical and strategic standpoint, that's a much more manageable game. You score seven runs and lose, great. You know, cool. You score two runs and win. You get two runs in regulation, if I may borrow a term from the other sports. You get two runs. You win the ball game. And that's why as much as I think it's still going to take till next year and more additions and more tightening and, and several things to double down on this formula because we see it pop up. We see it. It's right there. You've got this team that has so much more firepower than you on the ropes. It's a 1-1 game in the 8th, ninth, 7th, 8th, ninth innings, right? Any one of those, and the Rockies had their chances. And then even going into the 10th, where they give you a free base runner, (laughs) they still couldn't get him in. You tighten up that offense a little bit. You don't need them to be world beaters. They're never going to be world beaters. You don't need to waste the resources trying to make them be. Make them a little bit better. Tight. you got to get a new bullpen. (laughs) But the quality starts. It all begins right out there on the mound with the starting pitching. Another tip of the cap to Ryan Feltner doesn't get the win or any of those types of things, whatever you may put into there. But... Really, really, really nice stuff from Ryan Feltner. And I am shocked that I am now in a space where I'm looking forward to every Ryan Feltner start. <laughs> That's where we are. That is that is the spot we are in. But right now, even despite the Chad Cool blow up. Now, of course, you're probably listening to this after the next one. So, you know, we'll see whether or not, uh, you know, Freeland gets 
rocked or whatever, but if they can just keep this nice little stretch of starting pitching going, it's not going to be perfect. Not everyone's going to be able to do it. You're going to have those games like Cool just had. But if those are the exception and not the rule, if they can just flip that dynamic, if four out of every five or four out of every six starts are of the quality start variety, and then you've got that blow up, you can live with it. But the rest of them have to be good. It's on them now. It is on the starting pitching. They're the only guys who can save the season. So let's see what happens next. Thank you all for listening into this episode of 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you're checking out all the other shows on the podcast network here at Mile High Sports and MileHighSports.com for all of your written content. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at Drew Creaseman and just otherwise continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.